Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host, and if you are from the North Country, I sure hope that you're able to warm up by the fireplace on some of these cold January evenings. And, you know, some places in Canada have seen temperatures below zero. And, in fact, where I hunted mountain goats and moose back uh, this past September, northern British Columbia, temperatures this week were as low as minus 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I can tell you one thing, that's cold to me. And it's absolutely amazing to me on how wildlife and people deal with such severe temperatures, sustained wind chills and and snow. Well, we're going to talk about it here uh, today, and we've seen single-digit temperatures uh, here in the states across the northern tier, the west and the midwest as well, yet right here in the south where I live, we've been experiencing 70s this week, hard to believe, but it's about 25 degrees above normal temperatures. Today, look, we're going to be talking about fishing in those places where the thermometer isn't getting above freezing and experience the fun, the techniques, the challenges of ice fishing. Our guests today come from Wisconsin and Ontario, Canada, and uh, both of our guests are avid, accomplished anglers, especially through the ice, and both are award-winning communicators hosting radios and, and podcasts. Captain Barb Carey is the president and founder of Wisconsin Women Fish and the founder of the Women Ice Angler Project. Canadian Outdoor Hall of Famer Gord Prizer is the president of Canadian Angling Adventures Limited and is a Cabela's Canada Fishing Ambassador. But before we meet our guests, I just wanted to share some ice fishing safety tips that came to us from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources that I think are certainly worth repeating. First of all, There's no such thing as 100% safe ice. Two, no ice is usually stronger than old ice. Ice fishing is a social activity. Don't go out there alone. If the worst should happen, someone would be there to call for help or to rescue. Next, there could be pockets of thin ice or places where ice recently formed, so check the ice thickness as you go out. Next, avoid off-colored ice and snow. It's usually a sign of weakness. Number six, the insulating effect of snow slows down the freezing process. And lastly, safety items in your bucket should include ice picks, about 50 feet of rope, and a throwable flotation seat cushion for use in case of a rescue. Well, safety is always first and above all else. Be safe. As I mentioned just a moment ago, Captain Barb Carey is the founder of of the Woman Ice Angler Project, as well as president and founder of Wisconsin Women Fish. She's also the co-host of an award-winning podcast, The Woman Angler, an adventure, and hails from Oxford, Wisconsin. Well, Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World welcomes Captain Barb Perry. Barb, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to talk to you today. Well, how cold does it get in Oxford, Wisconsin? Well, this winter, it's not cold enough. We've been struggling with some warmer temperatures. You know, I remember it used to get 20 below, but we haven't seen that in a few years now, and we're struggling to make ice here. Wow. Wow. Well, how's the fishing? How's the ice fishing? Well, the ice fishing is really good. The uh, You just have to kind of pick and choose where you go this year. You can't go everywhere you want to. There seems to be a lot of variability in ice conditions. Some lakes are open and some have 13 inches of ice. So you got to do your homework. Mm-hmm. You know, looking, reading your bio, I can't help but be impressed. Uh, you know, you're a U.S. Coast Guard captain, a member of the Crestliner Pro staff, a producer uh, for WIAP, radio, uh, a radio co-host, uh, an award-winning author, and, and so much more. And, you know, that said, where does your passion for 
the outdoors, being out on the water, where's, where does that come from? Well, you know, I don't know if it starts from with everyone when they hook up with that first big fish and it causes this physical reaction in your body and you just can't get enough of it. And and that's what happened to me. I grew up spending a lot of time fishing and being on the water and it's just something that has stuck with me my whole life. Wow. Well, tell us about the Women Ice Angler Project. Well, you know, I've been ice fishing for years and years, and I remember being out on the ice and never seeing another woman out there, and I loved it so much, and I wondered how come more women weren't ice fishing. So I started having ice fishing classes and producing events to kind of introduce women to the sport, and it just kind of took off. And you know, the seeing the growth in the sport for women has just been outstanding. Well, when you look at this growth and the participation of women, what do you think that is? Well, part of it is because of some equipment changes, and part of it is just an awareness and some opportunities. Um, you know, once social media started, there was a way to connect with each other and network and kind of create um, events and opportunities and classes, and women just seem to gravitate towards it. Um, every year, our membership is growing like um, skyrockets, and other, other women's fishing clubs throughout the Midwest and all over the country are growing too. And um, most of those anglers don't want to stop fishing when the water freezes. And ice fishing actually provides more opportunities because you don't need a boat. You can just walk right out onto the lake. Well, an excellent point. You know, you mentioned you started ice fishing years ago. Weren't many women uh, ice fishing then. Just here in this minute before we take our next break, how far has ice fishing come with the equipment, the clothing, et cetera, from when you started to where we are today? And maybe that's one of the reasons. Oh, that's a huge reason. The augers themselves, you know, used to be really hard to start and really heavy. Now you can get them that are only 12 pounds. They run on batteries, super light. Anyone can use them. The clothing has changed remarkably. There is no more freezing when you're sitting on a bucket out there. You can wear your nice boots and suits and stay completely warm. Well, look. We're going to move to our first break. We've got a lot more to talk about here with our conversation with the founder of the Women Ice Angler Project, Barb Carey. This and a whole lot more coming right up. And I'm Rob Keck, your host, right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We all have it. Whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers, we knew it was there, inside us. That need that longing to walk among the wild. But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy with over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop, and you'll feel it. Listen, and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're visiting today with the founder of the Women Ice Angler Project, Barb Carey. You know, we were talking, Barb, about how, you know, equipment, technology, clothing uh, has changed. And tell us about, you You know, you mentioned about the ice augers. I mean, you've gone from a real heavy gas-operated ice auger to an electric one now that runs on batteries. And uh, tell us about the, a little bit more. I mean, technology has certainly changed as well when you go to try to, to locate fish. And uh, it certainly changed the game in the sport, especially for women. Give us a little bit more. 
Well, mapping is a big issue. Nowadays on your smartphone, you can have a GPS integrated map. And as you're walking on the lake, you can actually see where you are. And it has all the contour lines. You can mark waypoints. And that's been um, one of the keys in finding success while ice fishing. And I think the more successful anglers are, the more passion they develop for the sport and the more they want to go. You know, it is a little frustrating if you're going fishing and you're never catching any fish. So between the, the sonar units with the flasher units from Vexlar and a lot of other companies in the mapping unit, in the really sensitive rods and reels, in the lightweight gear, I mean, it just kind of sets you up for success. Okay, let, let's say uh, a young lady would uh, like to go out on the ice to go ice fishing. Give us sort of a, a checklist on what they would need, what this person would need to get to go ice fishing. Well, I tell women the first thing to get is um, warm boots and clothing because oftentimes it's not something that you can go out and ice fish just one day. Say, okay, I'm going to go ice fishing because you do need a certain amount of equipment like the augers and the rods and stuff. But if you can get yourself outfitted to be able to be out in the elements, you can team up with one of your friends or a buddy or and go with them. And there's usually plenty of extra gear to be able to borrow. So the first thing is make sure you have the right clothes to be able to go out into the elements. You know, then it's, you know, you just start with a jig rod and a tip up, you know, and a lot of times you develop a network of friends and maybe you don't have every piece of equipment you need to start, but you have one thing and your friends have another. And by kind of doing an equipment sharing thing, you can really get a lot better equipment and get out a lot more often. Well, looking at the the, the Women Ice Angler Project, uh, how many members do you have? And maybe even look beyond that. How many women ice fish in Wisconsin? How many ice fish across the country well you know when people buy a a license you don't know if they're intending on ice fishing or open water fishing so those statistics are kind of hard to come by but i know close to 350,000 women are licensed in wisconsin right now and um our wisconsin women fish which is a fishing club for women has seen growth every year. We're up to 500 members, and and we have members not only from Wisconsin, but from 14 states in two Canadian provinces. So across the country, the the increase is just dramatic. Our friends over in Minnesota that have the women anglers in Minnesota, their growth is like 300% in the last few years. So it really is a sport that's exploding. And it's one of the reasons why we wanted to start the Women Ice Angler Project, which is just to create content for companies to use because we weren't seeing the images in the product catalogs and in the media that kind of showcased how many women are into ice fishing. Well, why is it important then to, to why is it important to women to be represented in in the marketing materials that are that are uh, produced? Well, they're spending a fortune for one thing, and you know, the, I think the first time angler, you know, once they get all their equipment purchased, you know, that's thousands of dollars, and when they get a catalog in the mail and there's not one image of a a woman in there they get kind of mad and feel left out and they don't feel represented. We've seen that, you know, with hunting as well. I mean, if you go back a decade or so, it was hard to find women's, you know, hunting clothing, the pants that would fit and jackets and, and all the related gear. Well, I guess you guys have an event coming up and uh, tell us about that. Where is this year's event going to be held? And, and uh, tell us about the theme of that event. Well, this year we're going to Lake Minnetonka, which is kind of an urban setting, which we've never done before. And this year we're actually going to be camping on the lake for five days. So we're actually going to be sleeping in these clam hub shacks, having little portable heaters and living out there, sleeping out there in cots. So it's going to be quite the adventure. Well, the event itself. Give us a little bit more on the details. The adventure certainly is enticing, but what will they do during those five days? 
Well, the first few days, we're going to be focused on creating media content that we can give to our sponsors and just do a lot of Facebook Live videos and just kind of get the word out there on how many women are ice fishing. But then on Saturday, February 1st, we have an event for the public to come out and fish with us. We're going to have stations set up where they can use various ice augers, learn about electronics, learn about jigging and tip-ups and tip-downs and all the little nuances of ice fishing. And our team of pros is going to all be there fishing with all the guests that come out to fish with us that day. And that's on February 1st. Well, not far away. How do they find out more about this event? Womenonice.com. We also have a Facebook page that's very active, and it's a great place to ask questions and network and use us as a resource for all your ice fishing questions and different questions on gear or techniques, because that's what it's all about is sharing the information. Any particular species of fish that you will target or just anything goes? Well, I think during the day uh, and for the group event, we're going to be targeting uh, bluegills and crappies and try to get more fish caught. And then at night when we're actually camping out and sleeping in the hubs, we're going to be targeting walleyes because that's a good night bite on Lake Minnetonka. Good fish to eat as well. Well, look, we've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to take our next break. Folks, we return, going to continue our visit with Barb. And I'm Rob Keck, your host here on Pass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And we will be right back. Years ago, sportsmen led the first revolt to save what was left of North America's dwindling wildlife resources. And it took purpose and commitment. This crusade began with Theodore Roosevelt's forming the Boone and Crockett Club in 1887. Since then, sportsmen and women have been at the forefront of every environmental revolution in this country, providing the vision, funding, and manpower to establish and run what has become the most successful system of wildlife management in the history of mankind. Yet to this day, our story remains relatively unknown, especially to those who don't hunt or fish. We must tell this story, but we need to do more than that. We must insist that others who claim to be conservationists but work tirelessly on campaigns to end all hunting honestly examine the evidence and then ask themselves where would the wildlife they cherish be without sportsmen's dollars and without sportsmen's efforts. Conservation had a beginning, but it has no end. To learn more, visit booneandcrocketclub.com. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us. If you just tuned in, we're privileged to have with us the founder and the president of Wisconsin Women Fish, Barb Carey. Barb, why don't you fill us in on Wisconsin Women Fish? Sounds interesting. Yes, it's uh, about uh, 14 years ago, I started a little event where women could come and shore fish and camp, and I called it Fish Camp. And that was actually the very first event that we had. Now, fast forward, you know, 14 years later, and that same Fish Camp has over 75 participants. Um, Over half of the women coming bring boats. Whereas the very first year, there was not one boat there. So just the growth in, in the skill, the improvement in the anglers by being associated in a group or a club like this is just astonishing. Um, the, the membership continues to grow, and we have just such a support system uh, for teaching. So when new people come in, we're teaching them, and then they're teaching the new people. And it's kind of like this chain reaction thing where the information is flowing and skills improve significantly. You know, when I was at the National Wild Turkey Federation, we had a program called Women in the Outdoors. And one of the things that we found was that women liked to attend educational events when other women were teaching as opposed to men. And uh, do you have any challenges trying to find mentors or uh, teachers, instructors for uh, Uh, these women that come to learn how to fish? Well, actually, no, we don't. Um, And and we have some very skilled women anglers. And the skill, kind of an example of a skill set is people that never dreamt that they would be fishing on big water. 
are now trolling with planer boards on Green Bay for giant walleye, or even going out on Lake Michigan salmon fishing. So it's kind of, um, you know, we're, we're, we could teach women boating classes, and, and as soon as women's skills improve, they want to be a teacher too. So we're kind of like have an incubator for instructors, and we all just keep getting better and better. Well, that's exciting. And, you know, we've seen this growth. I know the survey at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service does every five years. Uh, we've seen it both in angling and in hunting that uh, the growth of women participation uh, has been significant. And, uh, you know, you're playing a big role there as you look to the future uh, of our fishing heritage, to our outdoor heritage. And uh, I know it has to make you feel good when you see these numbers increase. And, uh, you know, what what kind of uh, future? Give us a little vision as you look. Uh, you know, in the next five years, next ten years, do you see this uh, uh, this this growth continuing to happen? I do see it continuing, and you know, in, in my lifetime, I worked as a nurse and I worked as a police officer. In the work that I've done in fishing the last fifteen years, I can honestly say that I've had more impact on women's lives than either of those two professions, just because you get so many great um, things from fishing and hunting and being in out the door, being in the outdoors, like more self-confidence. And and that's kind of like a wave. It's just growing and it's such a good thing. And it's life-changing for so many women that once they're involved in that, they just want more and more and they want to share it and they want it to teach others. So it's kind of like spreading organically. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Well, you know, I've oftentimes uh, said, if you want to get something done, ask a woman to do it. And I know our, our experience with women in the outdoors, we found that uh, they listened actually better than men. Uh, they picked up techniques and uh, instructions far better than men. And I just, uh, you know, I salute you because the role that you're playing here is so important as we look to the future. You know, back to ice fishing, uh, you know, you mentioned about it being warm and you haven't had those below zero temperatures in the last couple of years. Uh, what months, you know, when you say ice fishing, what what give me the bookends on ice fishing you, you start december and in march when, when when is that what's that period of time well you know it's always a goal to have good ice by thanksgiving in this year we had it but then it kind of went away and on a good year we'll be fishing throughout the end of march maybe early april there's a lot of variability in Wisconsin from the southern part of the state to the northern part of the state. I happen to live somewhere in the middle, but um, the last couple of years, it's been kind of dicey, and uh, I'm actually producing a class this weekend, and we're doing a last-minute lake change just because of ice conditions. So learning about how to tell what good ice is is pretty much the most important thing any ice angler needs to do. In your instruction, let's say the event that you have coming up, just very quickly, what would you share with those women? If you can just give me a real quick uh, thumbnail checklist of, of those things you'll be teaching. Well, we start with how to dress oh, and then about ice safety, how to, how to, what happens if you do fall through, how to check for good ice. Then we go into all the different techniques and electronics and how to put up the hubs and um, we have a gear lending program through this club, so we want to get the women skilled enough that if they want to go out and fish next week with their family, they can just come and check out everything they need so they don't even have to buy everything. And that's one of the other reasons why we're so successful, because we have that equipment available to use. Well. Wow. Excellent. Well, look, we have less than a minute to go. How can people find out more about the Woman Ice Angler Project and also about Wisconsin Women Fish? WIWomenFish.com. And the Women on Ice website is that, WomenOnIce.com. And we both have Facebook pages, very interactive. So if you want to pop in there and say hi, send a message, ask questions. We hope to be a resource for female anglers no matter what they're fishing for. Excellent. Here in the last 10 seconds, how about a final thought you'd like to close out your segment of the show? 
Fishing can change your life. So even if you've never been, now is the time. Adventure is good for the soul. Well said. Thanks for being with us. You're certainly a wealth of knowledge and inspiration in making a difference in the great outdoors. Thanks for joining us today here in Outdoor World and the best. Good luck in all of your fishing. We return going to be talking to Canadian Outdoor Hall of Famer and President of Canadian Angling Adventures, Gord Prizer. This is Rob Keck and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World and we will be right back. Sirius XM's Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. This is Rob Keck, host of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, with the latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. This is Janet Atkinson, host of FFA Today, your in-depth look at the nation's premier youth organization. Get connected with Real Ag Radio. This is Sean Haney. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in all of North America. Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147, or listen on the Sirius XM app. I'm Larry Weissen, life member of the Dallas Safari Club, and I'd like to invite you to become a member of the world's finest outdoor conservation organization whose mission revolves around wildlife conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. DSC is a worldwide organization comprised of like-minded outdoor people who have granted more than $4 million in the last two years in support of projects involved in the scientific-based management of wildlife and habitat. To learn more and become a member, please go to biggame.org. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And uh, I'm so excited about uh, this show. We haven't had an ice fishing show for five years. And we're introducing our next guest. And he's an angling hall of famer. And he hails from the shores of the famous Lake of the Woods at Kenora, Ontario. His name Gord Pizer. And, you know, what a resume this Cabela's Canada ambassador has. And Gord's the president of Canadian Angling Adventures uh, uh, Limited and host of Fish Talk with Doc, outdoor radio show, field editor for In Fisherman Magazine, fishing editor for Outdoor Canada Magazine. And it's really cool. Inducted into the Canadian Angler Hall of Fame, the National Freshwater Hall of Fame and the Canadian Outdoor Hall of Fame. Well, without any more introductions, please welcome the angling legend of Ontario, Gord Pizer. Gord, welcome to Outdoor World Radio. Well, thank you ever so much, Rob. Really, I'm really looking forward to uh, talking to you. Yeah, well, look, you're talking here to somebody that knows very, very little about uh, ice fishing and i suppose we've got some listeners today that probably fit into that category and you know what an impressive list of credentials and uh you know again i want to thank you for taking time uh uh here to talk to us today i've got to ask you are you out on the ice right now uh you're not going to believe this rob um but i have been ice fishing for the past month and a half How okay? I've got to ask you. Know, we've had warm temperatures this week in South Carolina. How cold is it up there? Yeah, uh, we're like you, believe it or not. I'm I'm quite a ways north, um, but but we're much warmer than we have been normally, and it's actually been a delight uh, because what? Well, we've still got good ice. Um, we're actually ice fishing in, in sweaters and hoodies and it's not like we're bundled up freezing to death. It's actually been one of the most enjoyable winters so far. Although today the temperatures, uh, down around, uh, the 15, 18 Fahrenheit mark. So it's getting a little colder right now. Yeah. 15, that, that would be like the lowest record where I live. Well, how cold, I got to ask you, what is the coldest it gets up there um you know it's every year we will get about three four days when a you know one of those big polar vortexes come down and Uh every year we'll get a uh two or three four days that it'll touch around uh minus 25 with the wind chill minus 35 close to minus 40 man amazing and I've got to ask you, though, you said the weather's been fine. How about the fishing? How's that been in your part of the world? It's been absolutely superb. Um, Our black crappie, my grandson and I, uh, we really love crappie fishing in the winter. 
And we just, this winter so far has been the best yet. Uh, lake trout fishing's been excellent as well. Uh, the walleye's been mediocre. It's been pretty good. But uh, lake trout and crappies have just been superb. Wow. When you're part of the world, when does it get thick enough to fish? You know, I'm trying in my uh, mind to think, okay, you got to take a chance when you're going out there in the ice. You know, when when is that? Is that December, January? Yes. Where I am uh, up here, I'm not very far from Winnipeg. I'm uh, about two hours. So we're Lake of the Woods, about one-third of the Lake of the Woods that I'm on uh, here. The city of Kenora is on the North Shore. About one-third of the lake's in Minnesota. Um, so that that's roughly where we're positioned. And we're fishing by the first week of December uh, almost always. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, Rob... Yesterday, my grandson and I, we actually recorded a video uh, on selecting the proper lake trout rod. Uh, did do that for a blog for Outdoor Canada magazine that I work for. We drove our truck down the lake on a, <laughs> it's plowed ice road down the lake is probably 10 to 15 lanes wide. Wow. Wow. Unreal. I, I can't even imagine. I've got to come up there just to experience that sometime. And, you know, when do you leave the ice? I mean, when when is it not safe to, to ice fish? Yeah, you know, um, every year that varies, obviously. But for us, uh, by the end of March, by the third, fourth week of March, uh, we're generally snow machines, uh, quads only. Uh, we're not driving anymore. We might be walking, pulling sleighs, that sort of thing. But we'll still run the snow machines and the ATVs uh, the third week, fourth week of April. But it's getting pretty iffy then. And daytime yeah. highs are probably, you know, mid, mid-40s. mid So mm-hmm. the ice is going off pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, for someone like me living here in South Carolina, you know, I wonder if I could ever put enough clothing on to keep warm. Here, very quickly, why don't you tell us what kind of clothing you wear to you know, not only stay uh, warm, but to the, enjoy the trip? Yeah. It, you know, Rob, uh, a lot of people think that you freeze to death. They've seen grumpy old men and, and uh, <laughs> you know, those the, the movies. Uh, it's not, not really like that at all. It's uh, quite enjoyable. And, you know, with today's modern clothing, um, you know, good uh, base layer, um, and then, you know, really good a turtleneck sweater. If you can keep your neck warm and your ears and, and fingers and feet warm, the rest of your body stays really warm. And I have to be honest with uh, today's gear, uh, both boots, and you know this from hunting. You've been up uh, in the mountains and that sure. sort of thing. The gear to, that we've got today is so superb. Um, it allows you to go anywhere, anytime, and be super enjoyable doing it. Stuff we can always find at Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops, I'm sure. Well, look, tell us about the shelter you use, or don't you use a shelter when you're out on the ice? Yeah, that's a really good question, um, because uh, if we can avoid it, we we uh, we don't, because then it allows us to run and gun. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's no different than bass fishing. The more spots you can hit, uh, the more points, the more bars. So the more spots you can hit, we love to run and gun. And we'll never spend more than 15, 20 minutes on a spot. If we don't get a bite, sea fish on the sonar, uh, we're moving. And mm-hmm. so we try to stay as mobile as we can with snow machines and ATVs. Um, it, but when it gets really cold, for sure, then we're bringing along the, the uh, portable shelters. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not unlike the clothing, Rob. Um, there's pop-up shelters, there's flip-over shelters, and there's what's called hub styles. And they go up in literally two, three minutes. And then you put a Mr. Buddy type heater, a propane heater, little yep. portable propane heater inside. Mm-hmm. And it's 65, 70 degrees. We are literally fishing in shirt sleeves. And you would love it. I would love it. Well, look, let's hold that thought. We've got a lot more to talk about. Going to take our next break. Folks, we return. Going to continue our visit with Gord right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We are the young minds that will shape tomorrow's world. But today, the world is in your hands. What's your vision for the future? 
Since 1937, Ducks Unlimited has been the world leader in wetlands and waterfowl conservation, and we've had the same vision for the future for more than 75 years. A future with clean water, abundant wildlife, plenty of places to enjoy nature, and wetlands, sufficient to fill the skies with waterfowl today, tomorrow, and forever. Sure, there's still a whole lot of work to be done, but we know we can turn things around together because we are the next generation of DU conservationists. And with a little help from you, our future is looking really bright. Ducks Unlimited, working for conservation for generations to come. A public service from Ducks Unlimited. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And we are back. And thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And if you've just tuned in, we're privileged today to have with us the president of Canadian Angling Adventures Limited, Gord Pizer. You know, Gord, I guess there's a lot of different uh, options out there as far as portable shelters. Uh, just real quick, you just give us give us a little snapshot of what we're talking about. How how big and you know how durable? How do you hold them down? You know, when the wind is howling. Talk to us about that. That, that's a good question, Rob. Um, first of all, I would say you can get one-man shelters. I work with the, uh, with the uh, folks that make uh, Eskimo ice shelters, and uh, obviously I think they're superb. Uh, Cabela's Bass Pro carry them. Um, you know, you can get them as a one-man uh, pull-along, so they just clip just exactly like a trailer behind your your vehicle uh we put them behind the snow machine or the atv uh you can get a one man you can get a two man um and then there's also something that are called hub shelters and they pop up just like a tent so if you were camping uh they've got the metal frames and you just pull them uh three four and then one on the top pull them out and they expand and once they're popped up, they have, uh, instead of tie-downs, they have metal, uh, almost like large metal screws. And you just screw them right into the ice. And you can be out in, not that you'd want to be out in a blizzard, but you could sit out in a blizzard and you wouldn't even know. They, they're permanently uh, anchored into the ice. Turn on the uh, heater and uh, they're good to go. Now, the ones you pull behind your ATV and... Uh, and uh, quad, uh, most of those have really good um, uh, seats on them, cushion seat. They've got consoles. Um, it's the lap of luxury when you're ice fishing. <laughs> How about that? Well, look, for someone like me that has never ice fished, why don't you describe this experience of ice fishing? It, You know, it's certainly from everything I read and, and hear and discuss, it's certainly a social event as well or can be a social event. And certainly, uh, you know, there's a lot, lot of, lot of fun that has to go with this. Talk, talk to us about the experience. Well, that that's a really good point, Rob. Um, because what we'll often do is, uh, you know, bring our kids and grandkids, and and a lot of folks do that. Um, and and when we we were just out for the opening of lake trout, uh, our lake trout season opened January the first. So uh, three other couples joined us. And uh, we all had snow machines and quads and whatnot. Um, we pull in at lunchtime, get a big fire going on shore, a big bonfire. Uh, you know, you cook hot dogs, hamburgers, steaks. Uh, we'll often bring venison steaks along with us and roast those on, on the fire. And, oh, you know, uh, if we're on Main Lake of the Woods here, the kids will come down. We'll often shovel a small area out. They'll skate, play hockey, uh, build snowman, run the snow machines. And, you know, well, the folks that want to fish, fish. The other folks that uh, want to do those other activities do that. So you can make it whatever you really want to make it to be a, a really hardcore fishing event, or you can make it a fun family experience. Wow, what a way to introduce somebody to the outdoors that's never been there. Well, you know, Gord, you shared a picture of a huge lake trout that was obviously pulled through the ice, at least the setting, the background I saw in that picture. And wow, what a lunker. And, you know, I've been told that 
fish don't bite when the water's cold. Is there any truth to that? And give us a feeling here, you know, when it's 30 below zero, can you actually catch a fish? A- absolutely, Rob. Um, now, here's the interesting thing. Um, ice fishing is probably the fastest growing segment of the market right now. Um, there's the huge uh, St. Paul, Minnesota ice fishing show. Uh, there's a giant show now just north of Toronto. Uh, there's another one in Winnipeg. And it's really growing. Uh, and as it does that, like open water fishing, uh, all of a sudden the technology's gotten so much better. You know, the sonar, the technology, all those sorts of things uh, are, have improved so much. Uh, while fish slow down in the wintertime, they don't stop biting. And there's mm-hmm. other fish like lake trout, uh, whitefish. They're actually more uh, active in the wintertime. They're cold water species. So while bass slow down, uh, lake trout actually pick up. And so winter is probably, uh, probably the best time to target speckled trout, lake trout, whitefish, uh, northern pike in another couple of weeks from now. We'll get into northern pike in the 30-pound range. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, talk to us about the equipment. I know we don't have a lot of time here, but, uh, you know, tell us about, you mentioned about a special rod, a new rod and uh, combination. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, um, obviously with ice fishing, because you're close to a hole and you're also often sitting inside shelters, uh, we're using much shorter rods. So 32, 36, uh, 42 inches, actually probably a pretty long rod. Um, But the actions are the same. You know, we got medium heavy, medium light, uh, light action for crappies. uh, there's special uh, free spool rod center pin uh, style reels now. So uh, it, it's all just kind of tapered down. Uh, it's kind of uh, uh, miniaturized, if you will, uh, in order to fish in a more confined space. But the actions are the same. The, the lines are the same. You know, we're using a lot of uh, 6, 8, 10, 12-pound line. Braid is really, really popular in the winter now, tipped with either a fluorocarbon or monofilament leader. But uh, an open water angler would be very comfortable fishing in the wintertime in terms of equipment, just scaling back a little bit and going a little bit slower. And the other really cool thing is ice fishing is made for sonar. And so if you're a good reader of sonar, you know how to use your sonar, you will be a very good ice angler. And I also would say if you're a good ice angler, ice fishing makes you a better open water angler in terms of your sonar reading skills. Wow. What an interesting thought. I just never even dreamed that that would be possible. Well, look, we've got a lot more to fit into this last segment. We're going to take our final break here of the show. So hold that thought. When we come back, we're going to talk further with Gord, and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Embrace the rustic elegance of a bygone era at Big Cedar Lodge. Located 10 miles south of Branson, Missouri, Big Cedar Lodge is a masterpiece that brings together natural beauty and contemporary luxury. Visitors are invited to explore and experience some of the most popular amenities here, At Big Cedar Lodge, you'll find casual dining options in an unparalleled atmosphere, with signature dishes and local favorites highlighting classic menu items. Take in spectacular views at Devil's Pool, live entertainment at the Buzzard Bar, or relax at Truman Coffee and Cafe, all surrounded by the natural ambiance of the Ozark Mountains. One of the newest additions to the property is Cedar Creek Spa. This 18,000-square-foot world-class spa is a private oasis with soothing pools, fireplaces, and a full-service salon. In addition to the complete spa experience, there are private suites available. All of these features make Big Cedar an ideal destination for weddings, corporate gatherings, and more. Families have been visiting Big Cedar Lodge for generations, looking to experience what many call a little piece of heaven on earth. To learn more, visit BigCedar.com or call 1-800-BC-LODGE. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. 
on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And we've been just having a, a wonderful and certainly an educational visit with Canadian Hall of Fame angler, Gord Pizer. Gord, tell us about drilling the hole. You know, when I saw the picture of that giant lake trout, I'm thinking, how in the devil did you get that thing out through the ice? So tell us very quickly about how you make that hole so you can drop your jig or whatever you're using down through there to the water. <laughs> That's a really, really good point too, Rob, because uh, that lake trout that I that you saw the picture of, that was a 32-pound lake trout. And believe it or not, we were we caught it by mistake or by accident, uh, a fortuitous accident. We were actually fishing for yellow perch, uh, so we had we had an eight inch hole, and we were barely able to get it through the hole. And, no way! Uh, but uh, in the old days, uh, I'm going back now forty, fifty years ago. You know, it was uh, all hand uh, uh, drilling with hand augers. And then the big heavy gas augers came along. Uh, today, it's uh, the the uh, electric augers have taken over. Uh, we can drill through two to three feet of ice. We can drill a ten inch hole in under under a minute. Uh, no it is so easy. You come home with the uh, lithium batteries. Uh, they'll drill you two, three, four hundred holes a day. It is mm. so easy, and and again, it's it makes it so much more enjoyable, and it makes you so much of a better angler uh, because again, if you're mobile and you're running and gunning, we'll often hit uh, our snow machine and our quad is just like a boat, so we'll hit fifteen, twenty, twenty-five different spots in the course of a day. And we'll drill 10, 20, 25 holes on each one of those spots and put down the sonar. We'll fish for 10 minutes or so. If we don't catch a fish or see fish on the sonar, we just keep running and gunning until eventually you'll drill a hole. And all of a sudden it lights up and there's a school of crappies or yellow perch or walleye below you. And then it's game on. It's let's have some fun. All right, well, look, you've mentioned all these different fish species that you can, can can go after, and you said you were fishing for yellow perch and caught this big lake trout. Just very quickly, what kind of lures, jigs are you using to use the same one for all species or probably not? No, uh, it, it obviously, Rob, those, the bigger the fish generally uh, slightly bigger lure. Spoons are really, really popular. Uh, you know, a bass angler, uh, bass anglers in the fall, uh, they're really accustomed to jigging spoons, and we use jigging spoons a lot. Uh, nothing beats a jig. If you are restricted to one lure uh, all winter long, it's hard to beat a jig in a soft plastic bait, a jig in a swim bait, or a jig in a, in a live minnow. Uh, almost impossible to beat a jig. Uh, For walleye, we're talking anywhere from three-eighths of an ounce, uh, maybe a half ounce, three-quarters if you're going really, really deep for lake trout. Uh, And the other uh, really good bait is uh, the Rapala-style jigging lures. And interestingly, while they were designed for ice fishing, uh, they're actually becoming the secret of the pros in the open water season down in your neck of the woods for fishing for bass in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys in the boats down there are, are actually fishing those uh, Rapala jigging rap style baits and doing extremely well. And they're probably our second go-to bait. Well, you mentioned you start generally the beginning of December and can go through uh, early March. So when I look at winter, I, I've got to ask, is winter a constant period or are there sub-seasonal peaks and valleys? That's a phenomenally good question, Rob, because everybody looks at it as uh, one season, if you will. But if you can be the first person out, so first ice, the first week or two that ice forms and it's safe enough to travel on, first ice is always the best ice. 
And then not unlike in the summertime, when you get the heat of summer, uh, you get those doldrum periods. And the month of February generally starts to be a bit of a lull. So, I mean, the fishing's still good, but you see that uh, mid-season lull in in February. And then in March and April, it's almost as though the fish sense that the ice is going to leave. Uh, Most of the fish are spring spawners, so they're starting to feed up pretty intensively, getting ready to move shallow and and then spawn in open water. And so we find that last ice is almost as good as first ice. So if you can be the first one out and the last one off, you're going to do really well. (laughs) Well, really interesting. Well, you know, for someone that doesn't live in the North Country, let's say somebody like myself that wants to experience uh, what ice fishing is about. Are there outfitters that uh, will take uh, people in to, to, to guide them? Absolutely. Not only are there outfitters, Rob, uh, there are outfitters that have permanent huts. So they put permanent huts uh, out on the lake. They put them on the proven grounds. Uh, there are some fish they actually chum for and they'll bait. And so you can hop on a, on a plane uh, in South Carolina and you can be fly into Winnipeg. Uh, there are all kinds of uh, tourist outfitters. You can be in a lodge, uh, sitting by the fireplace, eating a great dinner that night. Same as in Ontario here. There are hundreds and hundreds of tourist camp operators. Get up in the morning, go out, and they will drive you by skidoo or bombardier right to your hut. And you'll be <laughs> catching fish. You can have a shore lunch. You can have the time of your life. Wow, that is exciting. I I know we've got some listeners that want to try that. Tell us a little bit about your radio show. Uh, We have, uh, I actually had another radio show. We were on for 32 years, a national radio show, uh, the Real Fishing Radio Show. And now I'm on the Outdoor Journal. It's a two-hour radio show every Saturday. It runs right across the country on Sportsnet. and I do the last uh, segment every Saturday, and it's called Fish Talk with the Doc. And so we talk kind of the technical, uh, the scientific side of fishing, uh, what makes fish tick, uh, you know, kind of those unique scientific little things that interest anglers. Uh-huh. Well, look, we just have about 20 seconds here. Why don't you give a final word that you'd like to share with our listening audience? Well, my final word, Rob, would be your last question. Uh, I know you. I know most think, uh, folks uh, think about ice fishing and they think, "Ooh, that's really cold." I guarantee, if you came up and did it, uh, you would go home and say, "This was the most unique experience of my life. I can't wait to go back and do it again." I can't wait either. I'm going to join you one time. Gord, thanks for being with us today. Congratulations on all your achievements as an angler. And uh, also a big thanks out to Barb Carey for being with us today. Folks, that's going to wrap it up right here in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And I'm Rob Keck. On behalf of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call. That call to conservation and preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. We'll see you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, talking all things outdoors, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations. 